G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, each week at this time, we do like to address your questions around Christians and money, whether it's around Christian perspectives on topical investment issues, biblical teachings, practical financial wisdom. Our special guest is Alex Cook, the founder of Wealth With Purpose. Alex, a special welcome back to 2020. Thanks, Neil. Great to be with you as always. Alex, let's turn our attention first of all to a listener question, and I do want to encourage listeners, it is only a short segment, if you have a question, call now on 1-800-316-316, get Alex's thoughts. A listener question here, Alex, says, Hi Alex, I heard you first time on Vision regarding property buying. I thank God for tuning in because I was rushing to buy a house as a first home buyer but had many questions regarding borrowing the money but now I feel happy and I'm not rushing anymore. I'll be praying until God opens a new door. And Alex, mainly regarding retirement, I've not started any plans for saving. I'm a sole trader and I'm not putting any money into my super fund. Can you please help me? What should I consider and put my money into? Is it a super fund or anything else as well as to consider as for retirement saving? And also, can you suggest any super as there are many and it's too confusing? Thank you for helping people like us. Well, there's probably quite a lot in that question, Alex, but uh, (laughs) you you pick where you'd like to start. Yeah, look, I'll focus on the retirement side and the superannuation aspect of it. Um, Firstly, you mentioned the fact that he's a sole trader. And look, this is a really common issue. People who are self-employed often uh, don't contribute into super. Um, Depending on the legal structure of their entity, they often don't necessarily have to, unlike those that are employed where their employer puts in the 9.5% of their salary. So I would encourage anyone who is self-employed to actively contribute into their super fund. Firstly, it comes with tax benefits of doing so because um, contributions into super for someone that's self-employed is actually a tax deduction. So it's actually beneficial to you as a self-employed person anyway, but you're also then building up your long-term nest egg as well. So that's very, very important for people who are self-employed to not avoid superannuation. That's, That's the first thing. The second thing, and you're really asking a really important question that I think probably a lot of people I want to know in this sort of uncertain environment that we're in is where should I put my money for retirement? Where should I place it? Where's it going to be safe? Where's it going to grow, etc.? And he obviously has talked about superannuation. Now, to me, superannuation is very attractive for all Australians for one key reason, and that is that superannuation is what we call a low tax structure. So during your working life, super funds are taxed at 15%. And when you retire, they become tax-free entities when you go into what we call the pension phase. A lot of people confuse super and they think of it as an investment. You know, they'll say to me, Alex, oh, during the global financial crisis, my my super did ba- badly. And I said, well, actually, your super didn't do anything. It's just the investments in your super fund that did badly. So the message to listeners is this. Superannuation is enormously attractive because of the concessional tax arrangement. And it's a great way to save money for retirement due to the fact that you'll be paying less overall tax. So that's how to think of it. Think of it as a vehicle for carrying your investments. 
The second part then, of course, becomes to where do you actually put the money? And that's probably part of a bigger long-term discussion that we don't have, have now in terms of the investments. Um, unfortunately, we can't also give product advice on air in terms of which super fund to have. But that's something we can certainly address for people off air if they want to have, you know, those kind of kinds of conversations. But certainly... Everyone listening to this should be thinking uh, in terms of retirement, superannuation is a great vehicle for building your wealth in a low tax environment um, and a great way to save for your future rather than paying tax in your own name. Alex, what about this part of the question about which super fund? Because there are challenging issues there. Some have better returns than others. Some better run, better managed than others. What are your thoughts around which super fund you might choose? Yeah, great question, and it's also a challenging one. Um, so the couple of things that you want to look at here, um, obviously the fee structure is important. You don't want to pay fees uh, too, too much in the way of fees. Fees shouldn't be your only consideration, but fees are important in the sense that they can have a, a very uh, serious long-term effect if you're paying fees that are too high. So that's the first thing. The second thing is past returns. Now, this is a really sort of challenging area because if you go on the internet you can look up super funds and then you can find which funds have done well over the past couple of years and that can be useful because you can see you know whether something's well run or not however in the financial industry have we have this saying that is that past returns don't predict future returns in fact another cliche we have is that last year's winner may be next year's loser. So you've got to be careful to not extrapolate past returns and assume that that's what will continue into the future. Um, in saying that, you don't want to be in a fund that is poorly poorly run and poorly managed. So they're two big considerations. Um, the other things that may be important for people with this superannuation is the insurance, which we're going to be talking about today, but insurance through superannuation. If you leave your current fund, you may lose some of that cover. So that's something you've got to be careful of before you go switching super funds. Um, and of course, the investment options that are available to you. Do they have investment options that um, you uh, that you may need? Um, but also on top of that is, do they have ethical investment options, which is something that many Christians will want to consider as well. So there are a couple of things to get you started. So look at the fees, look at the returns, look at the investment options. Uh, and, and see whether they line up with what you're trying to achieve um, with your superannuation money. Alex, just staying on this issue around super, uh, we're hearing government uh, tinkering at the edges. Uh, even some people cashed in some super last year when there was a provision during the height of the COVID crisis, uh, wondering whether that was the right thing. But uh, people uh, in government tinkering around the edges, does that uh, in fact diminish some confidence in uh, investing in superannuation? Look, I think it certainly does. And look, as a financial planner, I've been doing this for over 20 years now. One of the things that you do see is the ongoing tinkering. Um, and that does put a lot of people off. I mean, people who are employed generally don't have a choice in the sense 9.5% of their income goes into super and therefore they've just got to find one that's most suitable for them. Um, whereas self-employed people can typically try and defer it. But I still think any way you look at it, the, super, the government has a has a problem in that that is they've got to make sure that superannuation remains attractive to people because they need to make sure that people continue to save and fund their own retirement rather than being dependent on on social security because you got as you know there's no secret we've got an aging population all these sort of things so the governments on the one hand they want to tinker with it just to make it better and so forth uh, but also they don't want to make it too attractive either where people put all their money in there just to avoid tax so I still think that whilst you should always be have a slight scepticism about the 
that some of the changes uh, that, that get made uh, and that you don't want to have all your money in super. That's a critical thing to say to people. We don't have everything in there because obviously you want to still be able to access it and so forth. Um, but certainly either way, the government needs to maintain it so that it remains attractive for all Australians to want to contribute so they'll fund their own retirement. So yes, it's tinkering, but I wouldn't let that put you off too much. I wonder whether before we move on here, something more specific when it comes to the Christian and superannuation, Alex, because uh, Christians, uh, you know, we, we sometimes tend to uh, think about saving for retirement and uh, for some that's like a challenge to the idea of having faith in God's provision. Uh, is it a faith-filled measure to really have a focus on your superannuation savings or is that something that you maybe should say, well, I've got to leave that up in the air and I'm going to have faith in God? Yeah, look, it's a great question. And I think um, the short answer is the Bible never says that having wealth is a bad thing. Um, so, so, some, so I think some Christians have this view that saving anything is bad and that you, you should literally give everything away, um, which, which is not actually what the Bible says at all. What I say to people, there's a, there's a balance here between living in the here and now and living generously, as we're called to do, as well as making provisions for the future. Um, in fact, there's a great uh, passage in Proverbs that I was going to uh, actually quote when we're going to talk about insurance, but it's actually still a relevant one. And that is, it says, a sensible man watches for problems ahead and prepares to meet them. The simpleton never looks and suffers the consequences. So in other words, God wants us to be wise. And the reality is that most of us at some point in the future will cease work. That is, we're either forced into retirement due to, you know, ill health, old age or illness. You know, there's these kind of things that can happen. And therefore, we want to make sufficient provisions so that we um, can be able to provide for our families, um, you know, have a roof over your head and all those sort of things. Um, that requires accumulation of assets in order to do those rather than being dependent on government. So this is the thing. I mean, people often say, oh, I won't save anything oh, because the government will provide for me. But that's no more a Christian approach than someone who's saving um, for their own retirement and providing as well for, the, for their own needs. So to me, it's a wisdom issue as opposed to someone who, it's it, you're not showing a lack of faith by saving for the future um, what the bible does warn us about though is hoarding so it makes this very clear distinction saving is a sensible thing for purposeful goals for the future hoarding is where you accumulate money for no good purpose and it's usually done out of fear you know we're worried about the future and therefore we hoard things away saving on the other hand is just a very sensible biblical practice Okay, a question here from Susan, who's responded on Facebook today and says, also, it's a government thing to pay tax on your super contributions because I get taxed for contributions and was told it's a government requirement. Uh, so issues around taxation and your super contributions, anything to add there? Yeah, so, so just the way it works is that when your employer puts money into superannuation, they're paying out of uh, your gross income. So let's just make a really simple example. Let's say someone earns $100,000. Your employer is obliged to put in 9.5%, so $9,500, and the employer puts in that gross figure. What then happens is the superannuation fund will deduct 15%, as, the, as that person's just rightly asked, uh, and that's called contributions tax, and the super fund pays that directly to the ATO whereas um, your employer is just paying you the gross figure. 
So yeah, that's a, that's a sort of if some people see it as an additional tax, but in reality, all it is is rather than you paying your marginal tax rate, which you know for the average Aussie is over thirty cents in the dollar, you're only paying fifteen cents. So it's, contributions tax for super is actually very concessional. It's actually it's a low tax, uh, um, and so therefore very beneficial. The only person where it's not beneficial is someone who is earning less than 20,000, i.e. they've got access to what's called the tax-free threshold, which it goes up to a bit over $18,000. So for them, super is less attractive, but for everyone else, um, super contributions are taxed at 15% and therefore, generally speaking, attractive to the majority of us out there. Another quick one from a Facebook listener. How do we know how to choose an ethical super fund since they don't tell you where they invest your money. And uh, we've tackled something like this on similar weeks, uh, earlier previous weeks, but uh, quick uh, thought here on, on ethical super funds. Yeah, look, it's a great question. and It's a real challenging area for, for Christians just because ethics uh, is a sort of a relative concept. In other words, you can have two Christians that see ethics slightly differently. So, for example, some Christians are happy to have a glass of wine. Some Christians don't drink at all. Uh, therefore, when it comes to super, some... Uh, companies will invest in alcohol companies and some won't. So that's where you kind of get this sort of greyness area. However, the good news is uh, there are lots of, um, or not lots, but there are certainly plenty of ethical super funds out there these days. Um, the very obvious one uh, that many Christians know is, is Christian super, but there are others out there as well who um, have an ethical investment approach. Now, what I encourage listeners to do is to go into the websites. I mean, you could type in ethical super into Google and it'll bring up a whole range of options for you. But what you want to find out is what their ethical policies are. So the general ones are obviously things around um, climate change, things around um, gambling, uh, alcohol, and things that harm people or the environment. They're the kind of key ethical issues that get raised in these funds. Um, and if you do a bit of research, you'll actually find ones that probably align mostly with your values. And there's certainly ones out there that align with Christian values. Uh, as I say, slightly grey area in the sense no two Christians will necessarily 100% agree on any one topic, um, but it's still a very good approach and you can still invest your money ethically in superannuation um, if you're willing to do your homework and look what's out there for you. Alex, you mentioned we might touch on insurance and in some sense a little bit related to maybe superannuation because a lot of us get our insurance through our superannuation funds. Uh, Australians love taking on debt, but we often see insurance as a grudge purchase. Uh, do we have a problem with under-insurance? What are your thoughts? Look, uh, we do. Um, I guess the way I'd paint it is a scenario, as you say, people take on these large debts. You know, we have a mortgage broking arm to what we do and people come to us, they want to borrow a huge amount of money. But when you then look at their total financial situation, you then see, well, if one of these partners, you know, if the husband or wife passed away, there's generally a lack of insurance to pay out the debt. And, and also, if they've got children, to raise the children, pay the school fees, all those kinds of things. Um Many Australians, and I'm not sure the exact ratio and percentage figures here, but are chronically underinsured as a nation whereby um, someone passes away and the surviving spouse cannot afford to service the mortgage, um, can't afford to keep the kids in school, and it then becomes a major problem. And really, the purpose of insurance, as I always say to people, is not to make your surviving spouse rich, it's to prevent them from being poor. So what you're trying to do here is protect your loved ones 
so that if something happens to you or to your or to whoever the you know the breadwinner is in the house something happens you are able to make sure that the family's objectives can continue and that is things like paying off your debts raising the kids all those things can still continue even if um, the breadwinner has passed away so it's a it's a critical issue that we um that we consider as Christians, because we know we live in a fallen world and we want to make sure that our loved ones and our children, etc., are going to be perfectly okay if something happens to us. Good clarity uh, so there. Uh, there's something a little related to what we were talking about, superannuation saving for retirement. Some Christians will say, Alex, that insurance actually shows a lack of faith. Uh, what are your thoughts for those people? Yeah, look, I've had this a lot over the years, and I always ask these people, I ask them a very simple question. I said, I say to them, do you insure your car? Uh, and nine times out of 10, they say yes. And I say, well, why do you do that? And they say, well, because someone might hit it. And I say, okay, well, look, the same thing applies to life insurance and income protection. We know that we live in a fallen world and things can go wrong. Now, to give you just a really simple one, let's look at cancer. So we know statistically that one in three men and one in four women will get cancer in their lifetime. And that's just one of the things. There's also heart attacks, strokes, and all sorts of other, you know, weird and not, uh, and not wonderful things that can happen to us. And so statistically, these are very big risks. Uh, and so I always say to people, we live in a fallen world. You've got to be sensible, plan ahead, and allocate a small portion of your income to funding insurance to make sure your loved ones are going to be taken care of and still be able to fulfill the dreams that you had for them if something were to happen to you. That's not a faith issue. It's a, it's a wisdom issue. And to me, insurance is about being wise and making sure your loved ones are well taken care of um, if you're not able to. Well, Alex, great insights on our Ask Alex segment today. And I'll just encourage listeners, each Wednesday we'll be having this segment at this time. You will need to be quick to get in with your question, but you can leave a question. Uh, if you call through on the 1-800-316-316 line, you'll be given an option for a feedback line question if you don't get through there. Uh, you can also ask Alex a question on the Ask Alex post. You'll find that on Vision's Facebook page facebook.com forward slash vision radio Alex Cook always good getting your insights let me point people to wealthwithpurpose.com where you can access free ebooks the my toolkit free videos and podcast content all about giving us those skills and equipping us to be able to handle finances well from a Christian ethical biblical position Alex Cook wonderful getting your insights once again thanks for being with us on 2020 Thanks, Neil. Always great to be with you. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.